we have checklists to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep a central line safe. We need to have that same energy when it comes to making sure that your unit is a safe place for Black people or people of color. It takes effort. And the idea of like, oh, if we just don't acknowledge race, it's just not going to be a thing is like saying, oh, if we don't acknowledge bacteria, then it won't cause infection. Hello and welcome to The Handoff, a podcast about the most critical topics in nursing. Today, we're wrapping up our interview series for Black History Month with a re-release of a very special episode from our archives with Ashley Sales. Ashley is a pediatric nurse practitioner living and working in Baltimore who has been very open about her brushes with racism and her experience being the only Black nurse on the unit. She joined me on the show late last year to share invaluable insights and advice to nurse leaders on how to create more equitable and inclusive workplaces and guidance to nurses who want to be allies for nurses of color on their units. Ashley also shared why 2020 was a turning point for her and other Black nurses and the changes she's witnessed as a result of the growing Black Lives Matter movement. To listen to our previous interviews with leading voices in the Black nursing community, please visit trustedhealth.com backslash the handoff dash podcast. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So Ashley, what are you up to right now? What, what's the project you're working on that's keeping you busy? I have been working on trying to create a mentorship program online for minority nurses through my business, The Renegade Resume. And so what does that look like? Are you, are you using a platform that is in existence, like the Facebook mentoring stuff, or, or are you building your own? What, how, how is that working? I have no idea. I am currently <laughs> in the Googling how to mentor people online phase. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. I think there's a lot of that needed and there's definitely not a great platform that I know of out there. And so that's awesome. I'm excited to see what you do with that. Have you seen a big need in the market for minority mentoring? To be honest, I've seen quite the opposite, <laughs> which is really interesting. I have a lot of, I guess, IG colleagues that have mentoring organizations specifically targeted to Black nurses. But for some reason, I have people reaching out to me on Instagram DM asking me to mentor them. And I'm like, hey, there's this person and that person who already have a mentorship platform. Why don't you use them? And they're like, no, we really want to be mentored by you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, let me figure out what it is I can offer you. <laughs> well, you must have had a lot of experience in your career, just dealing with different things that you can help coach people through. Specifically, uh, you know, let's let's go into the content that you wrote for us recently around being the only Black nurse on a unit. How has that shaped your experience? And then what tips can you offer to other nurses in this similar situation? You're definitely right about that. Um, I do think I have a lot, of, a lot to say about that, for sure. I know so many other Black nurses that are going through the same thing, and it kind of just felt like it was you know, rite of passage, like something. My mom is a nurse and she's been through these things. When I talked to her, she was kind of like, yeah, that's how it is, you know? And I'm just like, well, that's how it is. And I guess this year with, I'm pretty sure the history textbooks are going to call this a civil rights movement of 2020. But like, mm, yeah, I think this year just became so much more in the limelight or, you know, it became like a really big thing where I was just like, you know what? All of these things that we've kind of accepted as like a part of, life as a Black person or as a Black nurse, it really doesn't have to be this way. And I think it's because we suffer in silence and amongst ourselves so much that 
we kind of just are like, well, that's just the way the world is. And I felt really empowered yet nervous to write about that because it was something that I went through that I think about all the time. And it definitely shaped who I was as a nurse. It really wasn't until this year that, and as I said, you know, what's been going on that made me really think this is not cool. Like I made it through barely, but there's probably a nurse somewhere who is really struggling and thinks that she's the only one or doesn't have someone to like turn to. Or there also may be, you know, a non-Black or non-person of color nurse who may see some things like this going on in her unit and just doesn't even know or doesn't feel empowered to speak up on behalf of, you know, someone she calls a friend who's a minority. So I felt that, you know, given I do have a little platform and Trusted gave me an even bigger platform to speak on, I, I figured I might as well use it and use it to be real real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be real about it and, and bring it up there. What are some of the experiences that you had that really impacted you and, and kind of lit that fire for you to that call to action to do something about it? There's so many, <laughs> there's so many. When I really kind of got into the social media thing and kind of telling everybody my business online, <laughs> as my mom calls it, but <laughs> I realized that like, as I shared stories, I got so much feedback from people who are just like, oh my gosh, that's happening to me or that happens to me. And I didn't even know, or you'd never know looking at you and you're, you're an NP now and all that, that you would have struggled. I had to take my nurse practitioner boards twice. I failed the first time. I talked about that. I'm like, look, it sucks. It happens. I went to the number one nursing school in the country and I still fail the first time. <laughs> so, you know, don't feel like you're the only one or, you know, that you're going to be a bad provider because I definitely did. You know, I, I shared and it was in sharing that I realized that there's a community out there of people who are looking for someone to kind of help validate their feelings or help them, I guess, see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because of that, that's really what lit the fire in me to start talking about just anything, any of the adversities we go through in life or adversities I've personally been through. But as I said, with this year, with how everything's been going with race relations and things like that, I really felt that like, you know what? People need to know that we're suffering as Black nurses. And, you know, we need our colleagues, especially as I saw a lot more non people of color talking about. And I'm like, well, let me tell you guys what you guys are doing and you don't even realize you're doing it. There were people who I still follow from my job that were posting all this like Black Lives Matter and this is ridiculous. And I'm like, you are literally like making my life a living hell. <laughs> I was working and you are a number one activist right now. It's the craziest thing to me. And it's just like, you know, I'm calling everyone out. Like, I'm calling you out because you need to realize that being on social media and posting a black square is not being an ally. And you need to know exactly how you are not an ally so that you can fix this behavior in real life and not just on social media. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I think bringing light to the actions that people don't even know they're doing yeah. um, is key. And and to have someone, like you said, Give it to him real. I think yeah. we almost called this podcast "Give It to Me Straight." So I was like, almost <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, <seriously. laughs> like don't sugarcoat this stuff because yeah. the more awareness we have about it, the better. Absolutely. What advice would you give nurse leaders to make sure that they're not letting a unit struggle with these type of issues between race relations and equity and inclusion? Like, are there certain tactics that a nurse leader could take to have better team cohesion? I definitely do. There were a lot of times that I felt like my 
leadership, you know, my management and leadership on that unit really, really failed me. First of all, acknowledging that what someone says to you is real. That's the first thing. You know, don't explain away their concerns, emotions, or even stories of things that have happened because you're just so appalled at the idea that racism can be happening on your unit. You just got to throw that out the window. You got to like throw that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this can't possibly be happening here. You got to just throw it out and hear what someone's telling you, you know, like I definitely went to my nurse manager and said, Hey, like I'm being targeted. Like I need you to understand that I'm being targeted, you know? And I came with examples. I came with emails. I can't, I mean, I felt like I had a case and everything that I had to say, there was some like, Oh, well, that's not because, and Oh, well, and I'm like, look lady, you know how much balls it took <laughs> for yeah. me to come to you with all of this, knowing that it's probably going to get around the whole unit. It's probably going to like make my assignments even worse than they already are. People are going to think I'm telling on them, whatever. And I mustered up the courage to talk about it with you for, just for you to like completely just ignore everything I said and just negated it. And that sucks. And I think that's just the number one first step is acknowledging that someone, that this can be happening on your unit and someone can really be feeling this way on your unit. And the courage it takes to go talk to So if it gets to a point where you have to go talk to them yeah. and bring this to light, there's a level of courage exactly. and um, fear and anxiety and all the other emotions that come with that stress get you in that place. So it, it, there's something that needs to be addressed, whether it's a tangible thing and as bad as people say or not, like it, it's worth digging into. It's definitely worth digging into. Definitely don't just chalk it up to, oh, she's just sensitive or whatever. It's like, no this is real. And aside from that is not waiting for that to even happen. <laughs> I think that's the next thing. It's like making a conscious effort to make sure that cultural competency is really discussed on your unit, not just a module you have to click through online in order to qualify for vacation the next year or whatever your facilities rule is. It needs to be something that we're constantly talking about. It's coming up in every meeting. There should be specific meetings for it. There should be a diversity committee, just like there's a vacation committee and a events committee and whatever. There should be a, someone who's really focused or, you know, a group of people who are focused on making sure that this stays at the forefront of our minds. There should be an anonymous like Dropbox where someone can say like, hey, I think we should talk about blah, blah, blah in our meeting or whatever, where there's no pressure on anyone that, you know, feels like they're being singled out or anything. You just kind of make sure, you know, you it's out there. There's, a, there's an arena for you to speak. I think just like it's not an accident when a unit has zero, you know, falls or zero collapses or whatever the case is, that's not a secret because there's a whole committee there's research. We're doing all kinds of stuff to make sure it's like where we have checklists to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep a central line safe. We need to have that same energy when it comes to making sure that your unit is a safe place for black people or people of color. It takes effort. And the idea of like, oh, if we just don't acknowledge race, it's just not going to be a thing is like saying, oh, if we don't acknowledge bacteria, then it won't cause infection. Right. <laughs> it just because you don't believe it doesn't right. mean it's not it's there. It's like, oh, no, we don't even think it's not there. So, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It has to be acknowledged in order for us to figure out how to keep it at bay, just like anything else. 
I think that's great advice and, and you have to be on the lookout for it. And from a leadership perspective, it's looking for those behaviors, those cues, the way people react to different things, uh, yeah. the unspoken, nonverbal indications and things. And, and, you know, I think a lot of times leaders don't jump into that stuff. They want to go to the hard data or the outcomes or like, oh, the, the unit seems fine, but you kind of got to go that layer deeper. Absolutely. Definitely do. I always wanted the nurse manager that I felt completely comfortable coming and talking to. I didn't want to be attacked for feeling the way I feel. When I say that things are happening, it's not even that I attack those individual people. It's just that systems are in place that allowed these people to kind of make me feel crappy. And I think it's important for the leader to listen and say, hey, This charge nurse, every time I'm on, she's giving me unsafe assignments. Like, it's unsafe. Aside from it being annoying or whatever the case is, like, I literally cannot manage this. And I personally feel like I'm getting these assignments so that I am more inclined to fail and (laughs) give me an option, you know, like more ammo behind getting me out of there, you know? And that's really what it felt like sometimes. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you think of any other possible explanation of why certain things can be happening. You're just like, no, I'm sorry. Like I'm looking at everyone else. This doesn't happen to anyone else. It literally only happens to me. And it's only with this charge nurse. What I would want a leader to do is really, I'm not saying storm down there and be like, Ashley said, you know, it should be, let me really look at this. I'm going to look at the past assignment sheets and see what kind of assignments Ashley was getting. I'm going to really like look into this and see what's going on because that's not cool. And I'm going to have to have a meeting with all of the discharge nurses to say, hey, we've noticed patterns in the way that you guys are assigning. And whether it be like, you know, if they're going to have to be some new process on how we're making assignments or whatever the case is, but there needs to be some system in place to check people who don't even realize or maybe are 100% doing it on purpose. And I think it just needs to be taken very seriously and taken seriously from the beginning as soon as you hear it. There's no question about that. As far as, so the kind of the last kind of area that we can do some reform in is, is also in the educational, you know, nursing school area. What, what do you think we could do better in nursing schools to bring light to the stresses that you just talked about and actually kind of build a better cohesive culture of nursing in general? I think, honestly, having these conversations. One thing that they don't really talk about in nursing school is working on a a unit or a team with other nurses. It doesn't really come up that often. Only when you're doing like maybe like mock codes or something where you, you you have to deal with multiple people and people are taking roles and things. But we don't really talk about what it is to be a nurse on a unit. Things like burnout, turnover. I didn't hear about those terms until I was working. And I think it's important to talk about that when they, there's always a class about like professional role or something. And they're telling you how you can go like lobby on the Hill for healthcare reform and things. I'm like, that's all great. But let's talk about how we lobby in our units for like fair treatment. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> so or like, how do we deal with the leader? That's horrible. And you know, I go home stressed out and crying every day, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's not even just about race. There's all kinds of other things, you know, like how to make sure you're being treated fairly. How do you know if your patient assignment is, is safe or not? Things like that. Like as a new nurse, you never really come in wanting to ruffle any feathers. So you kind of just go with the flow. And sometimes you learn a lot of really awful habits or tendencies to like take care of seven patients when that really shouldn't be or whatever the case, you know? And I think if you 
talk about it in nursing school, like, hey, you know, in these settings, this is what you should expect. And if you don't see this, these are the offices you should look for. You know, you should be looking for if you don't have an HR or nurse recruitment or whatever the case, there should be some type of education about this. Even have like nurse leaders or something come and talk about maybe different programs or committees they've put in place on their unit to combat certain things or something like that. But I think it definitely needs to be put into the curriculum, just how to be a nurse on a unit and like work on a team with other nurses. I think that's exactly right. I believe there's a lot in nursing school that doesn't address the realities. And that's why new grads come out. So knowledge-wise, they're prepared, but working-wise, there's just so much nuance to the culture that isn't shared. And I think it leads to these weird behaviors. Yep. So what are some resources for nurses that are going through what you described? I know there's there's a few associations out there, but what, but what other type of resources besides your amazing mentorship program that you're building <laughs> um, could nurses um, use to to deal with some of these things? Honestly, I think social media has been so wonderful. I know for me, at least, finding other Black nurses that are doing great things and just kind of reminding me that we don't deserve to be treated the way that we're treated. Sometimes when it's just you, you're just like, maybe I am doing something, you know, wrong or something. And it's like, it kind of reminds you that like, no, you know, there's there's a lot of great Black nurses out there and they're all sharing their stories. And it's, especially now, it's been such an amazing time to like follow Black people on, on Instagram. I think that's really great. As you mentioned, the organizations, I've been a member of the National Black Nurses Association since I was in um, nursing school. And they're so amazing. And I'm so happy they're getting so much recognition now because there were a ton of Black nurses that didn't even know that thing existed up until yeah. like everything that's been going on and everyone's been donating to them. And I'm sure they're like, what is going on? Why are we getting all this <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that's really great. There's also another um, page called Black Nurses Rock. That's really cool. They highlight a lot of um, online programs and like, you know, mentorship or even like little webinars and things that you can kind of listen to other Black nurses either talk about, you know, this topic or any other topic. Honestly, social media has been such a blessing, I think. And I think a lot of other Black nurses would agree just to help them realize that they're not in this alone. You know, that's that's one of the first times I've heard social media being a blessing during the pandemic. But I'm good. That's, that's positive. That's good. I think there's definitely a lot of negative stuff on social, but you highlighted some really great places to kind of find people that are going through it and, and be able to address it, I think, and create that community. So as we wrap up here, we like to do one last nugget of information that we share with our listeners called the handoff. Ashley, what would you like to hand off to our listeners about you and, and diversity in nursing? One nugget I think everyone should remember is speak up. Don't be afraid to speak up. And no matter what your role in all of this is, if you see something, say something like they say. And be teachable. Please, please, please be teachable. A lot of times people think they are experts in something or they know a ton about something and feel that they know too much to learn anything else about it. And anyone that does that is usually sorely mistaken. Please, please be teachable. Be open. Be prepared to be bruised a little bit on your ego. <laughs> But please just be teachable and speak up if you see something that needs to be addressed. 
great advice. And uh, I think that is a great handoff and nugget for people to remember. Just speak up. It's your job to advocate for everyone on the care team, including your fellow nurses. And so, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And we'll post links to all of the awesome work you're up to and, and those social groups that you connected with. And Trusted is here to amplify the voice. So if we can do anything, um, please let us know. But I really appreciate your time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Trusted has definitely been awesome. And I didn't mention Trusted. Check Trusted's blog out. There's a ton on there, too. <laughs> and written by you, which is great. <laughs> great. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you so much for tuning into The Handoff. If you liked what you heard today, please consider leaving us a review and subscribing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more information about Trusted, please visit TrustedHealth.com. This is Dr. Nurse Dan. See you next time.